I grew up also with a single mom who was an entrepreneur, has a very successful business in the education sector. I always knew I wanted to be a boss. I didn't know of what. And so I kind of had that calling where I want to help other brands and businesses create these phenomenal experiences for their customers through golf, whether that's sponsorship activation, hospitality, promoting their brands, whatever it is. So I knew I needed to get a little more of a differentiator for myself in the industry, especially as a woman. One sponsor activation of the year was like, okay, that's it for me. I'm out. So I started Gilly Group at that time. I knew I had the itch to do it. I just needed to get more experience under my belt so that now when I work with clients, I've worked with every population across the golf industry, whether it's top teachers, academies, state associations, the end user golf consumer, all of the leagues I've worked with. And so it gives me a little bit of a different perspective because I understand A, where the pitfalls are gonna be and how to stay away from them, and B, how to leverage those relationships to create something really special and unique. So I launched Gilly Group, I took all my favorite things I left behind HR communications and ice cream socials and investor relations and, and never looked back. And so it's really been my greatest joy, honestly, to do this because I love working in golf. I love the people that I know. And it's just a lot of fun to bring that to the end consumer. Welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with the influencers, disruptors, entrepreneurs, and innovators who are shaping the future of golf. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the Mod Golf Podcast, Thanks so much for joining us, and please subscribe to the show so you hear about all of our upcoming episodes, and you can enter our latest golf product giveaway. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and today my guest is Allison Ramsey-Johnson, CEO at Gilly Group and co-founder at White Tea Partners. White Tea Partners is a woman-owned strategic communications, public relations, and social media firm building brands, people, and properties in golf. And as president and CEO of Gilly Group, Allison and her team focus on sports marketing, event production, tournament management, hospitality programs, and sponsorship activation at private golf clubs and world-class events such as the Masters Tournament. It's going to be exciting, so you have some interesting things coming up here for 2022. And another example is the Northern Trust on the PGA Tour. So with that introduction, Allison, hey, thanks so much for joining us today, and welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast. I appreciate being here. Thanks. Absolutely. So you and I have been back and forth for some time. I've seen the amazing work, the impactful work you've been doing and the fun work you've been doing through LinkedIn. And I finally connected with you about six months ago and just said, Allison, I got to get you on the show. <laughs> it's like, I've got to tell your story. And you've been so crazy busy because what you're doing is in a, in a growth industry. I'm so glad you've taken the time today to talk to us and share with our listeners all the great things that you are doing as a partner of a female-led and owned business. Before we get started, I'm excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Sendcaster, has become a new sponsor of the show. Check out the discount link in the show notes and stay tuned for why I love using Zencaster for the podcast. So with that, I always like to have this icebreaker to get the conversation started. So and relate that to golf. So yeah, I know you love golf. I'm assuming you play golf. I don't know what level and for how long, but share with us two things. First, the first time you ever picked up a golf club, that experience. And also what are your most favorite moment, whether it's something you did yourself playing golf or an experience within in golf. So can you share those two sure. things with us? So I like to say that I play at golf. 
I am really good at working in golf. I'm not that great at playing, but I do enjoy it. So I actually didn't start playing. I grew up in a family where my father and my uncle were addicted. I played a lot of other sports and really had no interest in golf until I got to college. And I knew I wanted to work in sports. I thought I wanted to be a sports psychologist and thought, who's going to pay me the most money right out of college or grad school? And I thought golf is where it's at for sports psych. So I got my first job with the intention of becoming a sports psychologist as I went to grad school I'm at Temple and just I realized I really fell in love with the business side of golf and my career took a veer from there. So it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, is there one magical moment you could say around a golf you played, whether it's experiencing someone else or with that hook that keeps you coming back? I know it sounds like you don't play that much. I've always heard the expression, and I was warned of this when I stumbled into the golf industry about eight years ago after my career in architecture. And that was, once you get in the golf industry, you will give up your golf game, which I always said, no, 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 I'm going to play all this free golf on these amazing courses. And sure enough, that self-fulfilling prophecy was coming true until I intentionally made an effort to change that and play more golf. I actually played a lot of golf. Not not well, but I do play a lot of golf. I would say my favorite, most memorable round. I have. I'm a single mother of three kids, and my uh, my middle son had to go to summer school one year, and he had off on Fridays. And I was like, "You are not just sitting hanging around. You're going to play golf every Friday with me." And he had never played before, and he's very competitive, (laughs) and he's a phenomenal trick shot artist on this, you know, off the back deck. But he had never played before, and so we were going to play. And the night before we went, he kind of got cold feet. I've brought my kids. I've been very fortunate to work at the top levels of golf. And so my kids go to PGA Tour events with me. So I didn't realize they kind of assumed that that's how everyone plays. Right. My little one was like, mom, I don't know. I don't know if we should go. I can't get it in the hole right away. And I was like, oh, Cooper, nobody can. That's not a normal thing how those guys play on the tour. So he and I went and on the second hole, he parred the hole and he turned to me and he was like, I'm really having fun playing golf with you. I can't wait to do this all summer. And it was one of those like parent moments. The rainbows are out and the sun is shining down and it's like, oh, like mission accomplished, right? So it was really, really special. Amazing. I love that story. And you use the F word, fun. And that is really what it's all about. And I know what you bring to the table with White Tea Partners and also the work you do with Gilly Group. Fun is such an instrumental, integral part of what you do to make it engaging, to make it fun. And what we love to talk about in the podcast and the work that I do, pull in elements from other industries, whether it's entertainment, music, live performance. So we're going to get into that a little bit. Before we do that, I want to hear a little bit of the backstory. So we'd love to hear about that entrepreneurial journey. So... I understand that you formed Gilly Group in 2015 and then launched White Tea Partners not even that long ago in February 2021. So let's start with the launch of Gilly Group. Tell us about that, the opportunity, what gave you the confidence or seeing where the gaps. Tell us about the origin story of Gilly Group first and then the reason why you launched and saw the opportunity to then spin out something else with White Tea Partners. So tell us about the origins so of My of first job out of school was at a state association. So I was at New Jersey State Golf. And as I said, I thought I wanted to be a sports psychologist. So I worked at a golf academy on the weekends doing mind and body golf stuff because I had a certification in personal training as well. I loved the business side of golf and the tournament side. And as anyone who works in the golf industry knows, it's a lot of fun to be working where people are enjoying their lives, right? The people that are your customer are playing a sport they love. They're with their friends. They're happy. Like it's a great environment to be in to begin with on any level at anywhere in the, in the sport. So I started, really fell in love with the business side. I went to the PGA Championship for PGA of America at Balthasar in 2005 was our tournament. You set up two years beforehand for those events. 
I ran marketing and sales there. And so really got the bug on the professional high-end side of golf. From there, I was offered to move on to Tulsa, which as I like to say, typically you don't move to Tulsa from New York, New Jersey. So I decided to stick around here (laughs) um, and I went in-house to Hamilton Farm Golf Club, which at the time was a $300,000 membership, phenomenal, phenomenal property, high-end events. And I ran the LPGA HSBC Women's World Match Play Championship on behalf of the club. So at that point, I realized, you know, I grew up also with a single mom who was an entrepreneur, has a very successful business in the education sector. I always knew I wanted to be a boss. I didn't know of what. And so I kind of had that calling. This is what I want to do. I want to help other brands and businesses create these phenomenal experiences for their customers through golf, whether that's sponsorship activation, hospitality, promoting their brands, whatever it is. So I knew I needed to get a little more of a differentiator for myself in the industry, especially as a woman. And I was lacking that sponsor side of the experience. So I went to Wyndham Worldwide Corporate. Um, We had three business units, 60 brands. And by the time I left there, I was the global head of marketing, communications, philanthropy. I launched our CSR efforts. I ran our foundation. And I ran the Wyndham Championship on the sponsor side for a long time. And it was a whole lot of fun. Learned a ton, stayed a little bit longer than I probably should have, but it was our 75th anniversary of the tournament. We brought on Golf Channel Live, which was new at that point. So I got to work on that and write some vignettes and content. And it was just, it was phenomenal. It was a great experience. One sponsor activation of the year was like, okay, that's it for me. I'm out. So I started Gilly Group at that time. I knew I had the itch to do it. I just needed to get more experience under my belt so that now when I work with clients, I've worked with every population across the golf industry, whether it's top teachers, academies, state associations, the end user golf consumer, all of the leagues I've worked with. And so it gives me a little bit of a different perspective because I understand, A, where the pitfalls are going to be and how to stay away from them, and B, how to leverage those relationships to create something really special and unique. So I launched Gilly Group. I took all my favorite things. I left behind HR communications and ice cream socials and investor relations and and never looked back. And so it's really been my greatest joy, honestly, to do this because I love working in golf. I love the people that I know. And it's just a lot of fun to bring that to the end consumer. Nice, nice. I, I love that story. So before you tell us, move forward with White Tea Partners, I just want to touch on a couple of things that you mentioned there that are really informative and inspirational for people out there that are considering entrepreneurship, launching their own business. The fact that you showed some patience at the beginning, realize as, as individuals, we all have gaps that within our skill set, and you went out and then developed those. So then that helped build your network also, and also your pedigree and your authority to deliver and give yourself the confidence as you talked about with Wyndham and the work that you did there. And that may take a couple of years. And I know in entrepreneurship, especially, we always want to bring things to market so quickly and we figure it's a race against time. But patience is also such a great virtue, which is so hard to do sometimes because you want to be, whether it's first to market or you don't want to miss out on the opportunity. But the fact you looked, stepped back, had some mentors also and were inspired. You mentioned the one woman there that you looked at as a female entrepreneur, whether it's a direct mentor or at least an inspiration there that you used her situation and her experience as sounds like to me as really as a foundation and a building block and a guidepost for what you could possibly do. That patience is also as an entrepreneur and a business owner is so hard to do. Patience is hard for me as an individual, but I will tell you that failure is a whole lot harder for me. So I would rather take my time and know that I've got the skill set especially, and this is going to sound stupid, but I feel like as a woman in the industry, I can't make as many missteps as potentially some of my peers. 
I've worked hard for my reputation and I certainly didn't want to botch it when I'm finally trying to go out on my own. Right, right. Of course, I'm sure your network just grew like tenfold, if not more, in the opportunity. So out of that, when you launched Gilly Group or were forming that, did you already have clients and even know what your service offering was and your price points? I guess that must have been very informative for you. So my question is, did you already have some clients in the wings in the hopper ready to go to hit the ground running before you put your Gilly Group shingle up and then said we're open I for business? I knew that I had people who would work with me just based on our past history together. I didn't have people lined up. When I left, my oldest son actually had a medical emergency and was paralyzed from the waist down in an accident. And so it was like I was leaving wow. Wyndham, I was going to launch this business, and then it was life gets in your way. He's fine now. But one of the greatest things about owning my own business as a single mother is that I have flexibility. When I started the business, I didn't have clients lined up, but like I said, I had relationships and a reputation that I had built. And my one real true standard that I didn't budge on at all was that I would not work with people that I thought were not genuine or that were assholes. Life is too short. I've worked too hard and I've got three kids to take care of. I've been really fortunate in that the people that I work with as clients, as partners, even in just projects and who work with me and for me are good quality human beings who I can be open and honest with. So they know that I'm going to give my all to everything, but they also know if something happens with one of my kids, going to have to get back to you, right? Because that takes precedence. And so I knew I had built my world in a way through all of my different jobs where I had gained credibility. And so it really was the perfect time to do it. So it was a risk and it was scary. You know, I didn't have a safety net necessarily, but I also knew this is my passion. And the way that I looked at it, I'm looking for a career, not a job. And so I think that Mm -hmm. there's a very big difference there in how you approach things. So I was very methodical in in how I built my career. So I don't want to sound like an obnoxious jerk here being like, I knew I'd be successful, but like I knew I could at least get it off the ground enough and get some running room to see what I could do. We're going to take a quick break to hear about our friends at Zencaster. Recording conversations on the ModGolf podcast can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Zencaster makes the process quick and painless, which I love. When I started out five years ago, I had no idea how to create a podcast. But two things were clear in my mind. The audio quality had to be great, and recording had to be easy. Thankfully, I found Zencaster, and after recording more than 120 episodes on their browser-based platform, I can enthusiastically say that I'm a big fan. I'm obsessed with delivering quality content, and Zencaster helps make that happen by providing crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD video. And it's simple to use, even for my guests that aren't all that tech savvy. There's nothing to download, as they just click on the link and we start recording. People have reached out to me saying they want to start their own podcast. So if you're one of them but don't know where to begin, you can enjoy the same easy experience I have for all my podcasting needs. If you go to Zencaster.com backslash pricing and enter the promo code TheModGolfPod, you'll get 30% off your first three months. Or simply go to the show page for this episode and click on the link for your discount or free trial. Zencaster, it's time to share your story. Your strategy provided the formula to set you up for success. Mm -hmm. Sounds like from the advisors, the mentors, 
people that you had or around you. And, and such a great point there, Allison. Surround yourself with great Absolutely. people. You're some of the four or five people that you are closest to and you want to make those good people and people that stretch you and really push you also. And that curiosity, I can also sense that you have to go along with that patience and asking questions and wanting to learn more. Is- I don't know if you know Julie yeah. Tyson at the tour, but she and I have worked together for years and she was in a different role at the tour when I was at the Wyndham. So she and I worked together a lot. And, and as she grew in her career, she has been someone that I've always felt very comfortable going to for advice because she's not going to sugarcoat things for me. And if she thinks I need a different experience, she'll tell me. If she thinks I'm not ready necessarily for something, we're honest enough with each other where she'll tell me. And so when I was getting ready to leave, I had thought about leaving the year before and was like, what do you think? And she was like, I don't know if I would do it yet. I'm glad that I listened to her Mm. because that last year that I was there, I gained a totally different experience with that anniversary and the Golf Channel experience. Wow. Yes. It's having people in your life, whether you want to mentor a formal mentor or even what I call micro-mentoring moments that you just have a a passing conversation with people. And yeah, not only propping you up and supporting you and encouraging you, but yes, also holding you accountable and pushing you and that, and you need that. So speaking about holding each other accountable, this thing with entrepreneurship, it is hard, it is lonely, it is isolating, especially when you're going on your own. And my understanding, when you launched White Tea Partners, you have a partner. It is White Tea Partners, not you alone there. And that is Leslie Ann Wade, who I haven't met yet. So tell me about your relationship with Leslie Ann and how that came together and dovetail that into the why you felt a need and believe there was an opportunity to create white tea partners rather than do everything under the umbrella. Sure. of So the Leslie Ann and I have actually known each other for quite a while. So she ran um, CBS Sports Communications and then she ran Nick Faldo's business for about 10 years. So when she was working with Nick, I had hired him a couple different times for for things that I was doing. So she and I got to know each other a bit and I had a great respect for her as she did for me. And our paths crossed every now and then, not a ton, but we were always kind of rooting for each other in the background. So she lives in New Jersey. She's also a single mother of three. She messaged me on LinkedIn. She called me and she was like, hey, I need to talk to you. So I was like, I have like 10 minutes before my meetings. What's up? And she was like, do you have a lot of PR stuff going on at Gilly Group? And I was like, well, most of my stuff is really marketing brand activation. She was like, so do you want to start an agency with me? And I was like, I don't know. Come over tomorrow. We'll talk about it. Because you know she's about 20 minutes away. So she came over right. and our energy just works together. We come to things from a very different perspective and background, but still within the same space. It's one of those things where it just comes together and you're like, this is going to be really good. Because between the two of us, we know everybody in golf, right? Because we've had such different experiences, but all within the same world. So we really complement each other well. It's been phenomenal. I mean, I hadn't even set up our formal like paperwork and stuff. And we were getting checks in for the first month retainer for people. And I was like, y'all got to slow down just a little because it's going to be great. But (laughs) So it's been a fun ride. Nice problem to have. This year has been insane. So all good things. All good things. So want to drill down a little bit and talk about some of your clients and the work that you're doing, which excites me also because it, there's some cross-pollination with some of the work that I do in the golf event entertainment experience space also. So it gets me excited to see that you are really pushing the envelope and creating new value and new experiences also. One thing I wanted to mention, I did not realize this, that our guest last week, which was Tom Naramore, who is the founder of Dollar 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 D3 Golf. And he's an amazing entrepreneur. I love the conversation. I did not realize what a small little world that you are yes, connected. I believe is Tom is a client of golf yours. Golf this big. So Tom is a client of yours. Uh, he you was, know? yes. We helped him to launch. For our listeners to understand your world and what you do, 
So use that as an example, the work that you did with Tom. What type of work do you do? Do you deliver to add value for someone like that that's in a startup phase, needs to awareness at the top of that marketing funnel? Any type of business that is coming into the market, typically, and we've seen the growth of golf over the past two years, you're seeing a ton of new things come into the golf space from people who have never worked in golf before. So the amount of products that I've seen come into the market, new tournaments and events, influencers, products, I mean, it is absolutely astronomical programs, a ton of new grassroots programs and tournament series. So for any of those types of businesses, and we work with quite a few different across both Gilly Group and White Tea Partners, golf is very hard to navigate if you've never worked in it before. Between who the right audience is, what that looks like, everyone thinks there's so much money in golf right now. And there is, that's great, but you still need to know what you're selling, who you're selling to, what your targeted message is and how that works within the different audiences and what the opportunities are within the leagues and all kinds of stuff. We tend to work both as consultants. So giving that guidance so that you're not wasting time and money on things that are never going to work in the golf space. Crafting messages. If it's white tea partners, it's about communications and PR strategy and and pitching you to reporters, helping with social media, getting people to know you even exist, and then why it's important that you exist. At Gilly Group, we take it in a different direction typically to where we might be doing your digital advertising or finding the right brand influencers to work with you. Or we may know of some other brands that if you work together and do a cross-branded promotion, it's a bigger bang for the buck for everybody. So it really depends on what the product is. But for anybody entering the market, golf sounds simple and the golf fan only knows so much, but it is really, really intricate. I can imagine. I know myself now being in it for eight years and I was not in the golf industry at all when we first started out in 2014. And part of that was our our superpower. I always make the joke, but it's true that ignorance is one of our superpowers. The fact we were not inside the big box of the golf industry, we were already able to think outside of that from our background in sport architecture and events but realize very quickly the fact we didn't know how it works. And you're right, it is this labyrinth that is very intricate. We had no clue. And I will say one of the reasons that we launched the Mod Golf Podcast five years ago was to make connections, real connections with people in the, in the golf industry in a very authentic way and start to understand who the people are within this ecosystem of this $90 billion a year industry. And that's been the main reason we do it. Yeah, we make a little bit of money off of this with our fabulous sponsors sure. that we have, but that's not the why why I work so hard on the podcast. Case in point, I would not be having this conversation with you right now if I'm just out there like everybody else making noise about we're doing this thing, we should talk. And you're like, well, why call? And I'm busy and where's the value exchange on something like that? So I get that completely. The fact of not being in the industry at all. And this has really been my opportunity to connect with amazing people like you. So I'm so, so glad that we've had this opportunity to have this conversation. So let's dig it down a little bit more with some of your recent clients. I actually just received a press release, an email talking about a collaboration that you're doing or that you're supporting with a uh, gentleman that everybody in the golf world knows, and that's Mr. Gary Player. And that's to support the PGA Tour Vault. So you can tell us what the PGA Tour Vault is and what that's all about. It sounds very exciting. It's really exciting. So Vault Media Group created, they used the word book and we were like, oh, you can't call it a book. This is no book. It is a 52-pound phenomenal masterpiece of footage on video so you can hover over with your phone. So digital content, amazing photos. We've got collections from players and historians and on-course content. It's written by David Meeks, who's a two-time Pulitzer Prize winner. 
And this book is really for a golf lover. It encapsulates everything. And so Gary is the first player that we have gone to and asked for him to support this effort. What I love about it, so Vault Media is a PGA Tour licensee. So they did this in conjunction with the tour. And a portion of all sales go back to the first tee. So in addition to that, we are going to have a limited edition of these books signed by the top players of today and some of the good names from the past year. What's exciting is that for each player that signs the book, they will get a book to then use for their charitable efforts. Because as you know, charity is so important in golf. And across the PGA Tour, the PGA Tour actually gives back to charity more than every other league in sports combined. And so players are really passionate about it. It's important to all of us. And the players get the books to donate to. So Gary Player is going to be using this for his foundation. So the Gary and Vivian Player Foundation, which is really, really cool. Amazing. Uh, amazing. And is this for sale now or it is. is it the coming? Is or what, what, what's the timeline? At vaultmedia.com. We will have various levels of the book that you can purchase because not everybody wants the signed collectible item, but we do have right. different ones that you can purchase. We'll actually be on site at the Genesis Open and we're going to be at AT&T Pebble Beach as well so that people can see it, experience what it's like to have the digital content. And it's just a really neat unique product. And for a golf lover, it's it's a home run. Yeah, sounds sounds amazing. It really does. I also wanted to talk to you about an activation that you're going to be doing at the Masters in 2022. And that's with XPR Augusta. But you know what, if, if we could hold off, I'm going to show some restraint, <laughs> a little bit of patience that I'm learning from you here, because you and I are going to jump on a video call, because of course, we have the Mod Golf YouTube channel. And we're going to have another conversation there. And it'll give us an opportunity to show some of the visuals that you've put out of what that's going to look like of reimagining, I believe, a purpose-built stadium that you're going to have for this event. So just hold tight there because I do want to talk about that. So all of our listeners here, we do encourage you to become viewers on our Mod Golf YouTube channel so you can see and hear about this amazing activation that combines music, hospitality, experience, all the good things that YT Partners and Gilly Group do. So we'll talk about that. But I did want to spend a few minutes here talking about entrepreneurship, especially as a woman and a mother. There's the term of you're a mompreneur, you're a, a mom and an entrepreneur, especially as a single mother. I don't know if you call it balance or prioritizing, but perhaps you share a little more about your experience there, some of the challenges that you have or how you prioritize things. Because there's so many women that I meet, not in the golf industry, but other sectors and other industries that want to get into entrepreneurship and they just feel overwhelmed or don't know where to start. So you could perhaps talk a bit about that with your journey as a mother and a woman as an entrepreneur. Like I said, I have three children. So I have two boys and a girl and all three of my children have learning disabilities and two of them have mental health issues. So anxiety and depression Mm. have really, and this is something that I'm becoming much more vocal about in public because I do think it is such an important topic is the mental health issues for children in the United States, especially. We have a real lack of services. And so like I said earlier, for me, being able to have a flexible schedule is really, really important. And in being divorced, you know, the blessing for any of you who are like, I don't know what to do here as a mom. Do I leave or do I go? I have days during my week where my children are safely with their father, who is a good man and a good dad. So they go there and I'm free to work, which is a really big deal. And so when tournaments are predominantly on weekends, that works for me. I'm fortunate in that. And I know that is not the case for every, every woman out there to where they've got a former partner who supports them, but also even having someone to get my back at all. The flexibility was really important. 
I've worked hard to learn my craft. I'm able to do my work without spending exorbitant amount of time struggling and grinding because I know what I'm doing. And so if I had launched my businesses earlier in my career, I would not have been able to keep it going when my kids started to have issues going on. Because I know what I'm doing, it's a different landscape. So for me, are there times I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm freaking out? Of course. But with the golf season, I've gotten to know kind of my rhythms over the years as to when things are really busy. Now, this past two years has been different in that the season hasn't really slowed down as much because people are so passionate about the game. They talk about put your oxygen mask on first when you're traveling, right? And I've Mm -hmm. really had to take a step back and say, what do I need to make sure that I am on point for my clients, patient with my kids? Because when I get stressed, I tend to yell, right? How do I keep that out of my house? And what do I need to do? And so when I launched my business, I was looking at office space and I have international clients. I, I realized quickly, like, I don't need an office that's going to get me out of my house when I'm traveling to everybody. So I ended up moving. Is that a huge hassle? Sure is. I bought a four-story home so that the whole first floor is my office space. My interns and my staff come in here. My kids are upstairs. So if I need to be somewhere else, I am. So that was a huge, tremendous hassle for me, but it ended up being a true blessing because it sure does make life easier, especially with COVID. I have really pulled back on when you work in sports, there's a whole lot of socializing and going out at night and that kind of stuff. I've pulled back on that. I don't do that anymore. If I need to see somebody, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it during the day. If they need to meet me at night, it's going to be like a quick and I'm out. I get up every day now between 4.30 and 5 so I can meditate in the morning and have the house quiet before I start my day because I need that to get things going for myself creatively and to just start the day at an even keel. And I go to bed super early now because I know if I've got stuff due and I have things that I need to work on for clients, A, it's going to wake me up in the middle of the night anyway, and I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it. So the morning is really my time to get things done if I need to. I write, whether it's blogs for I have OptiShot Golf Simulators, we're starting a blog. So that's another thing on my plate that I'm going to have to do every week. Well, I know for myself that's happening in the morning. Because by the end of the day, I'm beat and my kids deserve a mom who's able to be productive and in tune and engaged. So I've had to shift the way I would normally do things, but it is very much well worth it. Wow. Sounds like you've been very intentional and thoughtful about your self-care, both your mental health and your physical health which I talk about on the podcast a lot, talk about it just in entrepreneurship and the work that I do in the in the startup space. And mental health is such an issue for kids with our family too. We've had, unfortunately, a tragedy around mental health with one of our children. So definitely get that. And for entrepreneurs, the statistics for anxiety, depression, and even suicide are, are way too high already. And the stigma and the shame that we're all looking to yep. remove from that. But in entrepreneurship, it's even higher. Everybody romanticizes and glamorizes what, you know, what they see on Shark Tank. They think that's the way this entrepreneurship right. thing works. And we know it's it's even more isolating and, and lonely and a grind with ups and downs. Absolutely. Just I mean, having it to, is re- scary when you're absolutely. starting. I mean, still, there are times, right? Like something pops up. I mean, my middle son now is at a wilderness program. He's away for three months. That is an expense I did mm. not plan on. And I'm grateful right. that we found this place. But that means I got to grind. I got to get new clients clients in because I have to provide for my family. And so it can be very scary and very overwhelming. And I think as entrepreneurs, the one thing that we also need to start to shift a little bit is it's okay that there are ups and downs with your business. 
And I know for myself, my professional standing, my reputation in business, my ability to create at times becomes way too important to me. And it's very easy to think Mm -hmm. that that's where your value and your worth lies. And so sometimes like when COVID first hit and everything was shutting down, I was like, oh dear God, what am I going to do? And then it's like, there was no movement. Nothing was happening. Everybody kind of paused, right? And so as someone who's used to producing a lot of volume of work, it was that moment of like, well, gosh, who am I? If I'm not actually doing anything, like what is happening here? So I think that talking about it, and I know one of my girlfriends who owns a women-owned business in New Jersey, she called me and was like, oh my God, golf, like what are we going to do? And so we had each other to be vulnerable and open about it with. And then I had a a virtual under the tree during master's week meeting with like seven guys that I I usually meet with during master's week. And we had a conversation of like, it's kind of weird right now. What do we do? But finding those people that you trust as an entrepreneur to say, I'm unsure, I'm nervous, I need a pep talk. And that's what I found with Leslie Ann and starting this business with a partner is when I start to get nervous or discouraged about something, she tends to boost me up and vice versa. And so it is a completely different experience in starting something by yourself than it is when you've got a partner. And for sure, I mean, obviously, you know, you're going to have differences of opinions and other stuff come up, but it is very, very different. It is. And I have that with our company, Reviver Sport Entertainment, similar in the sense that we both have a background that... There's a lot of similarities, but also enough differences. And it sounds like very much like yourself and Leslie Ann, the same way that those are complementary skill sets that in this case, one plus one equals three for the two of you. It sounds like if not equals 10 to take you to the next level. And I agree completely having that energy level. and, And for people out there considering that are listening, entrepreneurship or starting a business, don't think you need to go alone. It does take a village. That sounds like such a, you know, a cliche. It's heard so much. But it is so true. And ask for help. And you've done the same thing. And being vulnerable and saying, I don't have all the answers. And I know myself in the past for years, I didn't do that. It wasn't because I had that, which is usually a guy thing, sadly, with the ego. Oh, I got it. I understand all this stuff. For me, it was different. I didn't want to... I didn't want to hassle people or inconvenience them or thinking I was being a burden on them where people want to help. It sounds to me you have that give first mentality too, and you've helped so many people and people then want to help also. So to ask for help and put it out there and you've done the same thing to ask. And then also an important thing is to listen, which uh, women do much better than men do that. I'm getting a little better being a podcast host. I think 120 <laughs> reps in with 120 episodes. I've got, hopefully I'm getting better, not worse. Uh, I'll let my wife actually decide if that's actually true or not. She may have a differing opinion if I'm a better listener or not. But ultimately, that's what you need. So this has been amazing what you've shared with us as far as your entrepreneurial journey, some of your clients, some stories along the way. Like I said, we're going to extend this conversation on our YouTube channel with what we're going to talk about. But before we finish up here, Allison, why don't you share with our listeners where they can learn more about what you're doing with Gilly Group and White Tea Partners? Sure, so you can find us at gillygroup.com and whiteteapartners.com. We keep things simple. And we're, of course, on all the social channels and LinkedIn as well. Easy peasy. And as I always do, I will include in the show notes for this episode and also the bio page that I'm setting up for you, Allison. I will include all of those links to make it nice and easy for our listeners to find you and the good things that you do. So with that, Allison Ramsey Johnson, thank you so much for joining me today on the Mod Golf Podcast. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. So that's a wrap for this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship in the golf industry, you can find more compelling episodes on Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen in. I mentioned earlier that our episode recordings are made using Zencaster. If you're ready to create your own podcast, start off on the right foot by using Zencaster like I do. Go to our episode show page and click on the link for your 30% 3-month discount or free trial. Zencaster. It's time to share your story. I mentioned earlier that our episode recordings are made using Zencaster. If you're ready to create your own podcast, start off on the right foot by using Zencaster like I do. Go to our episode show page and click on the link for your 30% 3-month discount or free trial. Zencaster. It's time to share your story. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on our homepage to hear about upcoming episodes and to enter our latest golf product giveaway. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks very much for joining me. Bye for now.